A reading from the Gospel of John, verses 19 through 31, as we look at some of the post-resurrection encounters with Jesus following Easter Day. But as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. John 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, And the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. When it was evening on that day, The first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked because they were afraid. We have to stay uh, with that verse for a bit. I know, I know the very next thing that happens, the next words we find are Jesus appearing, bringing words of peace. But I want to stay in that beginning moment. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked because they were afraid. And they're holding more than fear. They're sad. They're broken. They're hurting. There's a weight in that room, a heaviness. A heaviness that any of us who have walked through a tragedy or loss, we get. We can feel it. And then, yes, for them, fear. The ancient world was not a stable one. Ruling powers could rise and fall, and those not in power, well, your life basically was not your own. Things could be okay one minute, terrible the next. You had zero power over anything. 
as a disciple of Jesus Christ, something changed in your world. The world you lived in was a place of inequity and injustice, a world where you had zero power. And then Jesus shows up speaks about a world that is different. And he doesn't just speak about it, he lives it. He creates it right before your eyes. You see it, you feel it, you believe it. Change is coming, a better world is coming, it is happening. Except maybe it's not. Those in power didn't want it to. And Jesus was just another person who tried and failed. So now what? Your friend is gone. You had to watch him die slowly, painfully, tragically. Your hopes are gone. It feels so pointless and futile. And worse, they know. Those in power know. You are one of Jesus' disciples. What will this mean for your life? When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked because they were afraid. There is a weight in that room. A heaviness. Now I'm going to jump just a little bit in this story. Yes, Jesus appears and speaks peace into the heaviness of that room and the disciples rejoice. But there is one who was not in that room. One who a week later still carries the heaviness, holds the weight of it all. Yes, he hears the other disciples, his friends. They keep telling him that Jesus showed up, that it isn't over, that he defeated death itself, but he just can't let go of the fear, the hurt. The wounds are deep. The weight is heavy. Now, the church calls him Doubting Thomas, and we pretty much give him an out, right? We get it. We are Thomas most of the time. We want to see. We want the proof. But I don't want to focus on that side of Thomas or the doubting part of this story. I don't want this story today to just be about one who needs proof to believe. I want us to remember, to hold the weight that Thomas carries. You know, sometimes we are just so low, so down, so broken, words can't pull us back up. Friends, as intentioned as they are, they can't say enough to bring us back. Things that should make us joyous, they just don't. Sometimes our wounds are deep. Our hurt is ubiquitous. Our weight is heavy. For whatever reason, this is where I meet Thomas, um, going through this story once again. In a way, maybe I haven't explored it before. And this is what Jesus chooses 
to enter. The hope, the joy, the renewal for me in this post-resurrection encounter is this. The living, risen Christ enters our wounds. The living, risen Christ meets Thomas where Thomas is, and he invites Thomas to enter into his own wounds, his own hurt, his own brokenness and pain. Look at my hands, Jesus says. Reach out, hold them, touch my side where I was pierced. See, feel, touch my scars, my wounds. Jesus comes as one who has been wounded to meet us in our own wounded places, challenging us to confront our own wounds so that we may indeed take steps toward healing. And our wounds are many. I mean, we each have our own personal stories, but then we have those big collective stories too, don't we? I mean, America carries the scars of the genocide of the native peoples who called this land home and the sin of white supremacy. Um, war and corporate greed are realities that affect people's lives today. What we find in this story so easily dismissed as one who just needed proof to believe. What we find is more than doubt versus faith we find the risen, living Christ carrying visible scars and saying, don't be afraid of these wounds. Name them, touch them, feel them, confront those wounds so that we may take steps toward healing together. Psalm 30 that we read together is the voice of one who lifts words of thanks to God. The psalmist confronts their own wounds, lifts them to God, and now sings praise for the deliverance received. I cried to you for help, the psalmist says. You brought me up from Sheol. I was broken down at rock bottom, but you restored me to life. You turned my mourning into dancing. You've clothed me with joy. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Now, I will be the first to admit that I struggle sometimes with reading psalms such as this. Sometimes the psalms can make us feel that if we had just been more faithful, we too would receive healing. And while I struggle, I also know that this psalm is not saying, nor is the story of Thomas saying, that if you just pray hard enough or believe enough, Jesus can cure all your ails. I do believe this psalm, the story of the disciples locked in a room scared and hurt, the story of Thomas struggling with the weight of life in the moment, all of these stories of scripture say to us, we carry our own stories, but we do not carry them alone. The living, risen Christ meets Thomas where Thomas is, and he invites Thomas to enter into his own wounds. 
his own hurt, his own brokenness and pain. They carry their wounds together. The psalmist takes their pain to God, not some far-off, aloof God who just kind of hovers somewhere up there. No, a God that we come to know in the living, risen Christ who meets us where we are, as we are, meets us for who we are. I love the way Nan Merrill puts the beginning of that psalm in her book. All praise to you, O beloved, for you have raised me up and have not let my fears overwhelm me. O compassionate one, I cried for help and you comforted me. You, O love, helped me release my soul from despair. You gave me strength to face my fears. Now love is awakening in me. The risen living Christ calls us by name, comes to the loneliness within us, heals that which is wounded within us, comforts that which grieves within us. Love has won. We are not alone. And today, what we hear in Scripture is that human weakness and failure do not keep Christ from being present in power and in grace. That darkness, alienation, even locked doors do not prevent Jesus from suddenly appearing and speaking peace into the weight of the world. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.